Well, good morning. How are you? Are you well? While they're taking up the offering, I just want to mention a little bit about our Sunday night service, the 5 p.m. service. Um, we had 500 people last Sunday night. It's just been a fantastic service. It has. And it, it, it's a little different. We open with one or two songs, and then the same pastor who's teaching that morning, so like I'll teach tonight, teaches that, that evening. And then we break up into communion and offering stations and prayer time. And so we have one or two songs at the beginning, and then the teacher teaches, and then we break up. If you wanted to go to have communion, it's like four different stations where they go take communion or give an offering or text to give. And then we just worship for another X number of minutes. And so it's a, it's a, it's a, I want to plant the seed in your mind that if it works for you, Sunday nights are great. And there are some of you that are coming back from Disney or you're coming back from the beach. We've got a couple of doctors that work every other uh, weekend, and so they're here in their scrubs. It doesn't matter. 5 p.m., uh, it's a happening service. It's really a lot of fun, and it's a little bit different. So stand up, greet your people, and say, I come to the 10 o'clock. Say 12 seconds. Say 120 feet. 12 seconds, 120 feet. So just recently, Denise and I flew from Monterey to Phoenix, from Phoenix to Tampa. It was about five and a half hours, okay? 2,550 miles to be exact. But the first flight was 12 seconds. And the first flight was 120 feet. December the 17th, 1903, Orville won the coin toss, and Wilbur had to watch. And Orville got to fly for 12 seconds. Say 12 seconds. 120 feet. Now, you've flown all over the country. You've flown all over the world. How many of you flown all night to Europe before? That's highly overrated, isn't it? Not a lot of fun. Because a couple of brothers couple of boys had a dream, and they dreamt from their bicycle shop. They saw the birds of the air, and they didn't say, why? They said, why? Why not? They had a dream. What are your dreams? Winners dream big. Yesterday morning, <clears throat> I was studying, and then um, took my mom to the Phillies baseball game. It was so much fun at 1 o'clock. Phillies wear red. My mom's a Cincinnati Reds fan, and I said, just pretend it's the Reds. Just look at the jerseys. Just see the red jersey. Just, just pretend. I had a great time, but I'm studying, and I early I got out, and um, I, go get, I went and got a smoothie. And so this young lady's there, and it was a really, they're chocolate, really good. They're not good for you, but they taste so good. But anyway, I'm having a smoothie about 8 o'clock in the morning. Nobody else is in there, and she doesn't look very happy. And so I said, how are you? She said, I'm fine. How are you? I, and I thought, well, um, I actually mean it. And so I said, I said you know, I, I, I really do mean that. Are, are you okay? And she said, well, I'm trying to make some career decisions. My parents really want me to stop doing what I'm doing. I'm in two years in this school, and then they want me to go do this so I can make more money. And so I said, well, is that your dream? 
And she said, no. Well, I'm not going to try to disobey your parents, but I'm just saying, what, what are your dreams? And she said, I, 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 I really don't know. I said, okay. And by now the smoothie's done, and I'm hungry, and I'm looking at it, and the temptation, you know, do I eat my smoothie or do I talk to her? <laughs> and so I said, I said, honey, I said, I'm, I'm 58 years old, and I've got 150 years worth of dreams inside of me. I'm afraid I won't get to live another 150 years, but I, I, I'm, you've got to have dreams. And I said, you know what? Your dreams don't even have to come true. Your dreams, your dreams will sustain you to the next season. Not every dream has to be fulfilled, but you've got to have dreams. Because the dreams inside of you will sustain you through the seasons of your life, and the dreams inside of you will catapult you into other opportunities. I said, you're too young not to have dreams. By now, it's a moment. There's tears. We continue to talk, and she said to me, she said, I, I, I think you're my angel. And I thought, why can't Danita be here? <laughs> Nobody ever calls me an angel. Gosh, this is my moment. What are your dreams? What are the dreams that God has placed inside of you? What do you spend time during the day thinking about? You're dreaming about. You're hoping. You see it. You vision it. You have a vision about it. Every one of us in this room, I, I think God places dreams inside of you. I think you have divine intuition that comes from your Heavenly Father. Not every one of your dreams even has to come true. But your dreams will sustain you to the next season of your life. Or, the next, or your dreams will catapult you into other opportunities. Your dreams are what get you where God wants you to be. However... If your memories are more powerful than your dreams, you will sabotage your future. If your memories are what woulda, coulda, shoulda, if your memories are I got cheated, betrayed, stabbed, if your memories are I didn't have a very good opportunity, if your memories are stronger and more powerful than your dreams, you will sabotage not only your future, but you will sabotage the future of all those people who come behind you. What are your dreams? Dream big. Winners dream big. Winners always have dreams. We're in a win the day series. We're talking about how do we win the year? We can't really win the year. How do we win the month? I'm not sure we can do that. How do we win the week? That's a long time. But we can win the day. And every day we have dreams. And every day we think about the dreams that God has placed within us. And so it's the broken dreams that keep us from going forward. It's, it's our, own, our own brokenness, our own broken humanity, which keeps us from dreaming bigger dreams. And we know we've got struggles, and we know we're broken. We all know we're broken. But if your memories are more powerful than your dreams, you will sabotage your future, and unfortunately you will sabotage the future of all those people who come behind you. And so the Bible is clear that even creation is dreaming. Even creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And so he says, and Paul says in Romans chapter 8, even creation waits in eager expectation. And so when you find the language of your life, 
And when you find the lyric of your heart, that is what will determine your destiny. When you find that language in your life and that lyric in your heart, what was I created to do? What was I created to be? Am I supposed to make money and give it away? Am I supposed to forgive people? Am I supposed to be a servant? Am I supposed to be a shepherd? Am I supposed to be a teacher? Am I supposed to teach children for 45 years? Do I like those all-night flights and I go on mission trips? Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's the language of your life and the lyric of your heart. That is what will determine your destiny. But we're broken, and we know we're broken. And God knows we're broken. This didn't catch God by surprise. God knows our brokenness. And so God's wrath is revealed from heaven against the brokenness. Godlessness, wickedness, people who suppress the truth. I think that's a whole sermon right there. You've you got to suppress the truth about God. People know there's a God. You've got you to squelch it. You've got to push it down. People know God is real. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain. You just look at the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and creation. If there's a watch, there's a watchmaker. If there's a creation, there's a creator. Everybody knows that deep down. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature, they've been clearly understood, they've been seen, being understood from what has been made. People really are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Brokenness. Here's brokenness. We're filled with wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. There's gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do the very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. We understand things are broken. Say broken. We get it, don't we? We understand we live in a broken world. But if your memories are more powerful than your dreams, you will sabotage what? Your future and whose else? Those who come behind. All three of you are with me. All right, here we go. <laughs> so here's the hope. Here's God's now remedy for that. Here's what he says to us. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets, even the Old Testament, even the law and the prophets had a dream, had a dream about a future, reconciliation, righteousness. The old law and prophets predicted the Messiah was coming. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Everybody who is a Christian, everyone who's given their lives to Christ now has the righteousness of God imputed on them and in them. And there's no difference. It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. It doesn't matter. Everybody gets it. And everybody needs it because we've all, we're broken because of sin and the fall. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified. But here's the good news. But even though we've all sinned, we can be justified freely. Remember what Jesus says? If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed by his grace through the redemption that came about in Christ Jesus. And so the fifth chapter, he says, we have peace with God because we've been justified through faith. 
We have peace with God through our, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this great grace in which we now stand. That's a dream of God. It's a dream of God that you would stand. It's a dream of God that you would be different than everybody in your school. It's a dream of God that you would be different than everybody in your neighborhood. It's a dream of God that you would do business different than everybody else. It's a dream of God that even though some people are down here spiritually, that you would be up here spiritually. It's a dream of God that you would not be impacted by culture, but you would impact culture. It's a dream of God that you would be a, a life world changer because of the spirit that lives inside of you. So he says this, even creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. So as we're unpacking this this morning, what is the language of your life? And what is the lyric of your heart? What are your dreams? What were you made to do? What, what is it within you that you think about and you see how things could be better, how things could be different? What can you do to change your family and your friendships and your school and your neighborhood? What can you do to be a world changer, a changing of the world in which you live in? Well, before we talk about the positive, let's, let's go dark for just a minute. Let's talk about the barriers. What would be the barriers that would keep you from changing your family, your world, your school, all those kind of things? There's six of these. Here's the first one. You ignore the moving of the Spirit. See, the Spirit's way ahead of you. Those dreams inside of you, He's, he's already given to you. I, I think about 95% of the dreams that you have are from your Heavenly Father. I really do. I think the dreams in you are divine intuition that God has placed inside of you. And so barriers to dreaming big is we just ignore what God's doing inside of us. He's already doing this. And the scripture verse for that would be for those who are led by the Spirit of God or children of God. So, so we just lead me, Lord, lead me. We bought into the trap of not being good enough, smart enough, or pretty enough. In other words, we look around at everybody else's race. You've got a lane to run in. You've got a race to run. Your race is not my race. My race is not your race. Who cares what your race is? I don't care what your race is. I want you to run well. But everybody has a different lane, a different race. And so we bought into this trap. Oh my God, I must not be good enough, smart enough, or what's the next one? Pretty enough? Yeah, pretty enough. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. The spirit you receive about you is adoption to sonship. And by him we cry out, Abba, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs. If we're heirs of God, we're co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings. We think and act like a peasant or like a slave. This didn't go over real well in first service. Let's see if it goes over better in second. I heard a preacher say, we are to rule with the heart of a servant, and we are to serve with the heart of a ruler. Because God has made you sons and daughters. God has made you not to be a peasant, not to be a slave. 
God in his righteousness has now given you co-heir. God wants you to rule and reign with him. But, but if you think and act like a peasant or like a slave, well, my dreams won't come true. I don't deserve dreams. I, I, who am I? God can't use me. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship. You are a son and a daughter of the King. Act like it. Walk like it. Honor the King by the position that he's given to you. We get in a really big hurry. I think about the dream that Joseph had at age 17. And at 17, he had a dream, but he got in a hurry, didn't he? And it was not until age 30 that that dream was to reach fruition. David was anointed by Samuel while Saul was still the king. And even though David was anointed with a flask of oil by Samuel, he was not to be the king for several years. Abraham was to have a son of the promise. He was 75 years old when he was told he would have the son of the promise. It was 25 more years until Isaac was born. Just because you have a dream, it may need to be watered. It may need to have fertilizer. It may need to germinate. The dream is right. The seed is right. But it may take one year, two years, 20 years, 50 years for that to be able to, to, to be germinated and to come to fruition. So how do we know? How do we know the cadence? How do we know the pace? From this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. If God gives you a dream, do you think he's not going to tell you how fast to, to move? You know. You know if you're moving too fast on a dream, don't you? Because you know I should, be, I should slow down, or you know I should speed up, but you don't pay attention to it. At least I'll preach to myself, okay? And we ignore the pleas of God. This is a, a barrier to dreaming big. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for. I'm going to talk about this next week, next, next Sunday. I, I really had never thought about this, but I'm going to talk about it next Sunday. you got two-thirds of the Trinity praying for you every single day. you got the Holy Spirit and the Son interceding for you every single day. Now, that's pretty cool to have two-thirds of the Trinity praying for us all the time, isn't it? We don't even know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit helps himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he searches our hearts and he knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God, the dreams of God, the dreams God's place inside of you. The Spirit's leading you and guiding you. And you push your plan. You push your plan. I've pushed my plan before. Haven't you? How did it go? It was a fumble on the one-yard line, wasn't it? We've all fumbled. And, he, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Yeah, we do. All right. So, dreamers never quit on their dream. It may take a while. But they never quit. I'm going to show you some pictures now of some people that probably aren't even Christians. I hope they are, but they, they may not be. And I want you to notice that if people in the secular world can have dreams and never quit, what about those of us that are believers 
and that we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. Dreamers never quit. We look at him, and we think, wow, he must have had such a great, successful life. But do you know that Bill Gates' first couple of businesses were dismal failures? And not only did a couple of things go wrong, a couple of things went really wrong, but he had a dream, didn't he? I don't know if you know um, Beth, Bethany Hamilton here, but she lost her arm, and it doesn't show her arm, but she got bit by a shark and lost her left arm. She had a dream to be a champion surfer, and she never gave up on her dreams. And she continued to just be such a role model and get right back in the water after she lost an arm with the shark bite. I, I know he's crazy. <laughs> just look at that face right there, right? And we look at Jim Carrey and we go, wow, he's like really successful. Did you know that Jim Carrey was homeless? And Jim Carrey ate out of garbage cans and trash dumpsters for a while just to... Just a, he was homeless, but he never gave up on his dreams. I don't know if you know Richard Branson or not. Richard Branson's a billionaire. He owns his own airline industry. He's dyslexic. He can't hardly read. And he talks about this. He talks about the embarrassment as a child, as a kid, middle school. And, and, and he said, I love literature, but he really can barely read because of this incredible learning uh, disability, but, but he had dreams in, inside of him. She got pregnant at age 14. They took the child away, and the child died. Oprah did not get off to a very auspicious start. You talk about some struggles, you talk about some hardships, but, but dreamers never quit. How can they quit? There's a fire in their belly. There's a fire to make the family. There's a fire within a dreamer to do something better and different. They don't quit. Simon is very successful today, but it's just been today. Age 30, he's bankrupt. Age 30, he owed over a million dollars in debt lost his immediate family, had to move in with his parents. He's 30 years old, several failed projects, bankrupt, owed a million bucks, and at age 30 had to move back in with mom and dad. You know the actress, Charlize? She witnessed her mother murder her father as a child. She saw it. She witnessed dream. I think Steven Spielberg's story is the funniest of all. USC rejected him twice to their film school. <laughs> twice he got rejected from USC film school. Who was that idiot that rejected him, right? That's like the coach that cut Michael Jordan his junior year of high school. That guy probably got crucified upside down. I don't know. But, but these are dreamers. These are dreamers that, that, just, that just never quit. What's the language of your life? 
What's the lyric of your heart? All dreams are valuable, but the most valuable of all dreams are born out of encounters with God. All dreams are valuable, but the most valuable of all dreams are born out of your encounter with your Heavenly Father. And so God had a dream, and he gave this dream to his son, Jesus, and Jesus said, I will build my church, and not even the gates of Hades will prevail against it. It's amazing when you understand church history and you realize that the church went through all these different struggles and trials and tribulations, and the church is here today. And it's, it's Jesus' dream that you and I be the church, that we, that we are the church. And I think you've kind of got us figured out. I don't know that we're normal, but, but I think we're pretty clear. We build a wedding chapel. Why do we build a wedding chapel? We say we don't do, just do weddings. We, we equip people for marriage. And our whole goal is to change the trajectory of marriage. And so we spent a lot of money building a chapel, but we do all this marriage mentoring for free. And the whole goal is to equip people with skills and skills and skills and skills so that we can change the trajectory of marriage in our country and maybe in the world. I Skyped a couple earlier this week from Erie, Pennsylvania. She's going to be going to dental school here. He's a, a police officer. They've never been to our church. They've never even seen the wedding chapel. And they already told me on Skype they've watched X number of sermons and worship services. And we're moving to this area, to this church. I said, you've never even been here. Oh, yeah, we have, digitally. We've watched you. We've watched online. And, and, and I just, I, I think you can see it. You can see the, the, the dreams that, that God's placed within our elders and within our leaders. Our, our children's ministry. They're not babysitting back there right now. We want kingdom impactors. We're teaching our kids to pray. I mean, if, if, you, want, if, you, if you need healing and, and I pray for you and you don't get healed, go get a five-year-old. Go get a five-year-old to pray over you. They got faith that can just move mountains. And, 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 and our, 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 our student ministry, Stephen Law and Griffin and our, our students, oh my goodness. It, it's, to, it's to change the world. Our discipleship, we have over 2,000 of you now every single week in, in the connect groups. Now why is that exciting? Because you're going to have an encounter. And when you have an encounter, you carry encounter. Everybody who has an encounter, all dreams are valuable, but the most valuable of all dreams are when you've had an encounter with your Heavenly Father. Because when you've had an encounter, you carry encounter. And when you carry encounter, you have impact. You carry impact when you have encounter. And so, so why are we raising up teaching pastors? Because when the Harborside music continues to go global and people come watch us, our teaching pastors are equipped and trained. And we're raising up a whole bunch of young bucks that are going to be bigger and better and stronger and smarter. And, and it's awesome because we're raising up the next generation of teachers and pastors and leaders. Why are we going to build a new worship center? God's given us a dream. We're, we're going to reach 10,000 people every single week and over a million people every single week globally. Locally, 10,000. Globally, a million. And a worship center. 
that's gorgeous. A worship center that takes the unchurched person's breath away. They don't even know Jesus, but they walk in there and they feel the presence of God just hanging out. And that worship center will do two things really, really well. Number one is teaching, and number two is worship. Let's change the world. Let, let, let's change the world. See, all dreams are what? They're valuable. But the most valuable of all dreams, they come out of your encounter. And so why are we always trying to get you into Bible studies and have prayer times and fast? It's all about encounter. It's all about encounter. So, so if you want to get to know somebody, you make an appointment. So make an appointment with God. Have regular scheduled Appearances where you are in the presence of your heavenly Father and you encounter Him. Friends, when you have encounters, you carry encounter. And when you carry encounter, you carry impact. And when you carry impact, you're not a slave, you're not a peasant, you're a son, you're a daughter of the King. That's, that's God's dream for you. It's his dream that you change the world in which you live. Your neighborhood, your school, your family, your friends, your business, your church. It's it's his dream for you to carry encounter. So how do we do that? Do you want to know? Here's how we do it. We just pay attention. God's moving inside of you. I just pay attention. Let me just pay attention. Let me just pay attention. Let me just pay attention. I put on the robe of acceptance every single day. I, I, don't, I don't have to run anybody else's race. I don't get in anybody else's lane. I, I, I'm accepted, not because I'm great. I'm accepted because he's great, and he died for me. He died for me, and he died so that I could now be have that robe of righteousness on me. That's who you are your position in Christ. I think and act like a son or a daughter. I rule with the heart of a servant. I serve with the heart of a ruler. I wait. I'm I'm not very patient, but whenever I'm impatient and I get ahead of God, it's a foul ball or it's a strikeout or it's a fumble or whatever. I move in step with the prayers of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about this next week, as I told you. But you got two-thirds of the Trinity already for you. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's real good. I surrender. I surrender to his plan. We do this a lot at Harborside. Um, you pick one of those. But before you pick one of those, i got a little exercise I want you to do. Before you pick one, here's what I want you to do in about 30 seconds. I want you to, give me just a second, I want you to stand up, I want you to greet four or five people as if you were totally disinterested, don't like them, they got bad breath, just, I I want you to, I want you to stand up and greet four or five people right now and, and act like you're totally disinterested in them. Go ahead. Stand up, four or five people. 
Come on, come on, stand up. Three, four, five. You're totally just blow them off. All right, stay, stay standing, stay standing. I'm not coming to your church. You guys are terrible. Now, I want you to greet those same four or five people like long lost friends. You can't believe they're here. Come on. Love you, bro. Love you, girl. Love you. Love you. What's the difference? Energy. 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 What's the difference? Passion. It's a fire in your belly. That's what's the difference. That's who we are. We are world changers. We change the world in which we live. Not like we're disinterested and blowing you off. Like, oh my gosh, I get to do this? This is too good to be true. And so we change the world. Now pick one of these. Pick one. Don't pick them all. I, I think if you do all of them, you'll, for, you'll forget, forget them. But, but what, what pops to you? Which one pops out to you? And all week long, I mean, you're, you're going to work on this one. Heavenly Father, those that pick the first one, let them pay attention to the moving of the Spirit. There are others that need to just realize they're accepted. They're accepted by Change how we think and act. We're sons and we're daughters. Let, let us wait. Let us move in step with your prayers. And we surrender. And we surrender. Lord, blessed are the dreamers. Yes, blessed are the dreamers. And blessed are the dreams. And blessed be to the dream giver. In Jesus' name we pray.